Welcome to Agents of Nothing, an episode-by-episode recap and analysis from the perspectives of a veteran and a new recruit. Now, a quick word from our sponsors. Good morning, Agents of Nothing, and welcome to our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. Hello. We are your commanding officers. I'm Mariah. And I'm Caroline. And today we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 3, The Asset. Mm-hmm. All right, Caroline, so give us the description of the new characters that we meet. Sure. Okay, so we meet two new characters in this episode. One of them is uh, Dr. Franklin Hall, a.k.a. Kelvin from My Mad Fat Diary, a.k.a. 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 Professor Quirrell from Harry Potter. <laughs> um, we also meet Ian Quinn, who looks like a cross between Tobey Maguire and Topher Grace, but like if they were a cop. It's so weird how familiar he looks, and I don't yeah. think I've seen him in anything else. Me neither. <laughs> I know. I feel the same way. He just looks like every man, every white man to ever exist. <laughs> every Ian ever. <laughs> yeah, he does, actually. <laughs> Anyways. Anyway, so let's get a rundown on this episode. Um, so... We open on an 18-wheeler driving down a beautiful, empty stretch of highway, my favorite kind of highway, and the driver, Mac, is walkie-talkieing with the other members of the caravan about the very, very precious cargo that he's carrying. There's a character that uh, becomes a main character in later seasons named Mac, so it's interesting that they use this name twice for, like, two different characters. I don't know if they had planned to bring this character back and just, you know, recast it if it's a po- mm-hmm. I doubt it's supposed to be the same character, but I don't know. It just stood out to me. I thought it was interesting. That is cool. Um, anyway, so then suddenly there's no explosion, but <laughs> we do find out that Lola is apparently not the only flying car because all of the cars in this caravan start being like picked up and thrown through the air by some invisible giant hand. After the crash, some armed men appear from the trees and they break into the truck and we finally see the precious cargo. Professor Quirrell! <laughs> <laughs> I remember, like, this scene was so, like, impressive to me when I first saw it. Yeah. I was like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> um, so Fuse FX uh, provided the, some of the episode's visual effects, um, including replacing the shield vehicles from the opening sequence with computer-generated models to depict them defying gravity yeah. and then being destroyed. That's cool. I kind of wish they would have destroyed some cars, but I get it. <laughs> I think that's pretty expensive to do, too. Like, multiple cars. <laughs> probably. You probably also can't get, like, a particularly good shot of, like, a car flying through the air. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> anyway, um, so we cut to S.H.I.E.L.D., where Sky is training with Ward on, like, a punching bag. And she's like, I thought I was joining S.H.I.E.L.D., not 24-hour fitness. <laughs> um, and she's complaining about having to do so much 
physical training and she is like wondering aloud what kind of training Fitz and Simmons had to do and they start listing off all of the like complicated academic subjects that they had to become experts in and Sky immediately stops because clearly they're too smart for her <laughs> so Sky tries to get Ward to open up and he won't so she playfully threatens to get some more truth serum that was mentioned in the pilot episode and he lies through his teeth like the little gaslighter that he is <laughs> Yes, that is one thing that I wanted to see your opinion on because he claims it wasn't really a truth serum. Do you believe him? Absolutely not. It, listen, if that wasn't real, then that means the Gramsci thing came from him. Like he came up with that. And uh, no. <laughs> you thought you thought that was charming, Ward? Right. You thought that that would win anyone over? <laughs> you idiot. Ew. You idiot. Um. So like. So. The scene after this where um, they're talking about the precious cargo being stolen and um, they mention that the attacker was invisible and Sky is like, oh, it was invisible? And everyone, like, glares at her. Like, it is cool that they were invisible, Sky. Yeah. You should be able to say that. You should <laughs> be able to be excited about it. These guys are just killjoys, okay? Absolutely. Like, <laughs> ridiculous you are you, you this is a whole new world that we're in like you should be allowed to be amazed by it yeah i thought yeah like I yeah agree. it's scary but it's like also amazing it is it's crazy uh so then the team uh is like examining the scene of the crash and colson tells everyone that their new mission is to rescue dr franklin hall aka Fitzsimmons' favorite professor at Hogwarts. <laughs> so while they're investigating, we also get a very, very cute Fitzsimmons scene where a goggled up Simmons is holding up some object. She's like a mile down the road and she goes, Fitz, what am I looking at here? And Fitz <laughs> replies, well, I'm, I can't do a Scottish accent, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> he's like, he's like, well, I'm not wearing the full spectrum goggles that I designed, so... I don't know. <laughs> and Simmons then like turns the object on and we find out that the true villain was the friends we made along the way. Just kidding. <laughs> it was it's like a wind monster thing. And Colson says it's something big, but it's actually like the smallest villain that I've ever seen. So um <laughs> uh It's a lot of damage for something so small. It is. That's true, that's true, that's true. <laughs> So then Colson and Ward, they go to the Wild West and they really dress the part. Yeehaw. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> they had a lot of fun with it. Um, and while they're there, they threaten this guy on a horse and tell him, they make him tell them who he paid for this weird monster technology. And that is when we find out that our real bad guy is someone named Ian Quinn. The thing that I had to say <laughs> about this scene, is there really a need to tug the bag with one hand like that, Ward? Come on. Could you not just reach into the bag and grab a bar of gold? <laughs> like, you had, to, you had to pull on it three times just to get it off and dump out. Like, you, there's an easier way to do it. I, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe everything Ward does is annoying to me because I just don't like him as a person same same it's it's like a 
thing where like someone annoys you so much they could be just minding their own business and even that annoys you yeah you know, like that bitch over there in the corner eating crackers i fucking hate that bitch why is she eating the crackers like you that? you know who that bitch is that bitch is ward <laughs> we hate that bitch <laughs> How dare you eat crackers? How dare you? Uh, so, Ian, we it turns out, is the one who had Quirrell, I mean, Hall, kidnapped. And he took him to Malta, where Ian apparently had, like, bought the Maltese prime minister's estate. Which, does that make Ian the prime minister of Malta now? That's never addressed, but <laughs> I think that's what we're going with. <laughs> so, we find out that Ian and Quirrell, I mean, Hall went to school together and they kind of developed this technology together uh, using a made up word, gravitroni, gravitonium. Is that it? Gravitonium? <laughs> <laughs> I can't say it. <laughs> uh, okay, so one thing about this scene, um, Ian is like listing off all of the organizations that he is like escaping by being in Malta. Uh, because they have no jurisdiction there and one of the ones that he lists is the eu <laughs> and malta is part of the eu oh my god <laughs> so <laughs> dumbass i don't know i don't know if that is just like a you know a, a script writing error a fact checking error or <laughs> if that's supposed to like make ian look dumb but i'm gonna pretend it's to make ian look dumb <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's uh, that's pretty typical of most Ians. Yeah, men um, men named Ian are the worst. I'm sorry if your name is Ian. This is just going to be a trend of me insulting male names. I insulted <laughs> e Leroy in the last episode, but I'm sorry. Men named Ian are the worst. I have... <laughs> personal experience with Ian's and every Ian I have met is the worst. <laughs> and this, for real, for real. this of course excludes the actor who plays Fitz, Ian DeCastaker. He is my sweet little angel baby. He doesn't count. Doesn't he count. uses a different spelling of Ian. It's I A I N, not I-A-N. Yeah, so he's and like so, Ian. <laughs> yeah, if you don't think about it, my logic makes sense. Absolutely. I'm with you, 100%. <laughs> so, <laughs> then we cut back over to S.H.I.E.L.D., where Fitzsimmons are trying to explain the science of it all to the team, and per Sky's request, because in her words, she's a high school dropout, they're trying to dumb it down. And Fitz refers to the gravitonium as, uh, or like part of it, as wiggly bits. And I never want him to stop saying wiggly bits. That was my favorite <laughs> part of the entire episode. I could not deal with how cute he is in this scene. I, I, oh, I have a joint crush on both Fitz and Simmons. They are so, they're so cute. <laughs> I love them so much, little babies. And then he's he's like clasping his hands together, just like kicking <laughs> and it's so oh my god. I'm just I'm over here squealing. <sighs> um but yeah, Sky reveals that she dropped out of high school, yeah. which only makes how smart she is all the more impressive. Absolutely. Because she's obviously self taught. 
all, all of the like computer knowledge that she has that she taught herself like it's crazy people go to years and years of college to learn that kind of stuff and then I'm not sure um, where this line comes in, but there's a line um, where they're talking about the fact that Ian Quinn is behind all of this. Um, as Sky says something like, I, I think that you guys are off base with this because Ian Quinn is like notoriously a good guy and he does all this and he donates to charity and blah, 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 and he's a rich, nice guy. Sky is 1,000% not the type to idolize a billionaire. Like, yeah. hello? <laughs> w with what we know about Sky so far, that she is, like, anti-authoritarian, anti-imperialist, and, like, absolutely not. That, in my opinion, that is a continuity issue or, like, a characterization issue. I, I know this character better than you do. Give me, yeah. give give Sky to me. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> She's mine. I actually wrote her. Yeah. Um, and only what I say about her is canon. Thank <laughs> you for your understanding. <laughs> so, next we cut back over to Ian and Coral. I mean Hall. And this is the first time that I've really heard Hall actually speak. And oh my God, he has the worst American accent I've ever heard. Like, why did they make him do that? Like, I get it. I can't do accents at all, like for shit. But there are other people with like other accents on this show. Like, couldn't he have just been English? <laughs> yeah, so I'm not sure if this is like the actual reason why, but I feel like it could be. Um, in the comics, like, Dr. Franklin Hall is a character in the comics that becomes a villain. Um, and I'm not sure. I haven't read that comic story, but uh, I imagine he's supposed to be American. But yeah, so in the comics, he becomes Graviton, which is like a very powerful supervillain who has physical control over the forces of gravity. Okay. And yeah, no spoilers, but this character does not end up becoming Graviton in the show. That storyline does not Play okay, gotcha. I don't know. He still like taught uh, Fitz and Simmons at their school, though. Yeah, I don't know. I I think the academy is supposed to be in America. I'm not mm. certain. Anyway, he has a terrible accent. <laughs> <laughs> then we cut back over to Shield, and the team is trying to figure out the best way to enter Ian's fortress without breaking Shield rules or like international laws or whatever. And Fitz is like. If we had a monkey, <laughs> we could get in. We could avoid the lasers and turn off the power source with his adorable little hands. <laughs> He's so cute. I love it him. Adorable. He's my weird little baby. He's so cute. Oh my I love God. it. Um, but unfortunately, Sky had a better idea <laughs> uh, that she could go because she's technically not a shield agent. So she's not like breaking any laws or any rules or whatever. So logically, like she is the best choice. And then there goes Ward again, underestimating her time and time again. And after everything we learned in the last episode. <laughs> Um, and he's like, no, you shouldn't. <laughs> like, 
But then good old daddy Colson stands up for his daughter because she's literally a genius. And she also manages to get an evite to this evil guy's party in the span of this conversation. Yeah, he's like, this isn't something the rising tide can hack, Scott. Uh, she literally just fucking did. Literally. Like, literally while you were saying that, she was hacking it. Like, <laughs> they're constantly underestimating her. And for what? It's stupid. For She's going to prove you wrong every time. And when are you going to learn? I don't know. Hopefully soon. Although I am having fun hating Ward. <laughs> I don't know. It feels sexist to me honestly like yeah. because she is a beautiful woman she can't also be incredibly smart and capable yeah, absolutely i was feeling the same way. or because she's funny yeah like like a beautiful woman can't be both funny and smart you gotta you gotta pick you gotta pick at least two <laughs> only two you gotta pick at least two <laughs> <laughs> literally the next scene uh ward is like going to colson to talk more shit about sky behind her back and he's like we finally learn like why he doesn't trust her and it's because she wait for it makes jokes like <laughs> sorry she's hilarious you child like what, what is wrong with him <laughs> some people use humor to cope war just because you don't have a sense that of was, humor that was a joke if you couldn't hear the sarcasm <laughs> in my voice <laughs> um but luckily colson is mean to ward again which is my favorite pastime and tells him to stop thinking like an operative and start thinking like a person <laughs> so ward goes uh, back over to sky to like prove that he's right and he knows better by giving her his tragic backstory of having to protect his younger siblings from their violent older brother and like look having abusive siblings is no joke and i fully like th that makes a lot of sense for why he is the way he is um but also does that mean that you can only be a good secret agent if you're like super serious and have no sense of humor um which I'm realizing that that's why he ruined Coulson's joke from the pilot, and I I'm still mad at him about that. Like literally, like I don't even May makes jokes. Yeah. Like they may not be as like slapstick as Sky's humor. They may be more like dry and deadpan. Maybe maybe Ward is too dumb to understand deadpan humor. Maybe he thinks that May's being serious all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so Sky like calms him down, lets him know that she will most definitely stick to the plan, which told me that she will most definitely not stick to the plan. <laughs> oh, you didn't make a note of this, but I want to mark it uh, because uh, when they are like running down the plan with Sky and like going over step by step, like what she's gonna have to do in order to. Uh, you know, let down the force field around the area and whatnot to let them get in. They give her this like makeup compact that's like a oh. like a hacky thing where if it gets close to a computer, whatever. Absolutely precious that Fitzsimmons took the time to color match her fake powder foundation. <laughs> I love them so much. Oh my god. Oh my god, he says he's Fitz says like it's desert rose to match your complexion. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, they're so cute. 
I can't help but get high-pitched when I talk about them because I love them so much. Um, so, then we moving on. Um, May is trying to convince Coulson to not like be on the ground with Ward during this mission because it's too dangerous. And Coulson is like, um, no, I'm not going to put you in the line of fire again. Like that was your one stipulation of joining this team. And we've already crossed that boundary so many times. So I'm going to do it. And besides, I saw plenty of action with the Avengers. And then he like walks away. And literally I was writing down this note in time with May saying it. She's like, yeah. And you died. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Oh my god. <laughs> I also made a note of that. It is literally exactly what I would say. And it's exactly <laughs> what you would say. If it were yes. you and me in either position, we would both say that exact thing. Both either one. Either one. <laughs> Be like, um, Caroline, are you forgetting that you literally died? You <laughs> literally died. Loki killed you. Are you did you did that slip your mind? Right. Did you forget about the magical place of Tahiti? Uh, <laughs> so anyway, we cut to Sky entering the party and <laughs> she looks so pretty. <laughs> oh my god. Wait, uh speaking of her like being so pretty, um, I, I don't know if this is gonna mean anything to anyone else, but I noticed that like her dress is one of those like like drop waist, like the pleats are like at her hips. And I don't know, I feel like that's a very 2013, like, style of dress. Um, And mm, I don't think it's particularly flattering on anyone, but somehow Chloe Bennett makes it work. Um, She She could make a potato sack work. For real, for real. She's literally Marilyn Monroe status. She's gorgeous. Anyway, once I recovered, I had to, like, pause for a minute um, because she was so pretty. But... (laughs) So I started back up again, and she's, like, chatting up a few internationally important people with uh, Fitzsimmons and May in her ear, and she uh, scats over to them on her little (laughs) Um, (laughs) walkie-talkie. I had to hit rewind because I didn't realize... I literally could not figure out what she said. All I heard was, skip it about bow (laughs) Um, (laughs) She was saying, skip it a bravo. Skipper to Bravo. Skipper to Bravo. I mean, it's basically the same thing. Uh, Long story short, she was telling May and Fitzsimmons that she spotted Ian and that she was going over to talk to him. And as it turns out, Ian actually is familiar with Skye's work with Rising Tide and he wants to hire her. And Skye is interested. Gets her bread, girl. Like, Let's do it. Not only does he want to hire her, uh, he wants to have inappropriate boss-employee relations with her. Absolutely. Uh, Anyway, so Ian cuts their conversation short um, because he has to go start his presentation for the partygoers about his new technology using Gravitronus or whatever. Um, (laughs) And he brings up some very good points about S.H.I.E.L.D. and other organizations halting all new tech except for their own use. Yeah, I, I, I get it, but also, I don't know, I think that there, there does have to be some restrictions because, is it like a Jurassic Park quote where they're like, just because you can, you didn't stop to think whether you should. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Honestly, this fits into that category. It's like, true. yeah, you can, but you probably shouldn't, dude. <laughs> true, um, true, true. So on our friend IMDb's 
uh, fun fact page in the goofs section. Uh, according mm. to Quinn's presentation, Gravitonium's atomic number is 123, and its atomic mass is 308. Both of these numbers are higher than anything on the periodic table in reality, mm. which I'm not sure if that's a goof um, as much as it's a theoretical element that has just been found that is stronger than anything on the periodic table. Right. So doesn't that make it like more realistic that it's they're not just like borrowing a number from some actual element that does exist? Yeah, I mean if it had like the same atomic number as neon, like <laughs> Right. <laughs> I say neon because when I was in elementary school, we had to pick a favorite element on the periodic table, and obviously I picked neon because I'm so quirky. <laughs> I think we had to do that too, and I picked like barium or something. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I'm pretty sure I picked neon because my sister was a big John Mayer fan. We're not going to talk about that, we, but I heard... <laughs> I heard the song Neon growing up a lot. She's always buzzing just like Neon, Neon. <laughs> Anyways. I, anyway, we don't need to get into that. <laughs> we don't need to get into John Mayer. <laughs> we, we could go on, but we're not We'll gonna. do that when Speak Now, Taylor's version comes out. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have a bonus episode um, where we won't talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at all, and it's just going to be uh, about Taylor Swift's um, Speak Now, Taylor's version uh you can Absolutely. subscribe to our patreon for that the one that we haven't made um yeah. and you'll get exclusive <laughs> content where <laughs> we talk about things that has nothing to do with the show whatsoever this That's is all a joke I need to I, I, <laughs> that is I really, absolutely not gonna happen <laughs> I really feel like I need to specify that all of that was a joke because I said it in way too serious of a tone. <laughs> I, I am autistic. I am not good at controlling my tone. <laughs> For legal reasons, everything that we say on this show is a joke. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> okay, moving on. So, we cut back over to Cord. <laughs> Cord. <laughs> Cord Overstreet of the TV show Glee. Um, welcome to our Glee podcast. This is Recovering Gleek. My name is Lena. This is Ian. <laughs> Like, I don't know if there's a crossover between our audience, if we have one, and Recovering Gleek audience, but Recovering Gleek, the Glee podcast, is one of my favorite podcasts, and Lena, one of the co-hosts, followed our TikTok. Yeah! Uh, like, I don't know if it was on purpose, like, I don't know if she's interested and, like, she's gonna listen, but if you are listening, oh my god, hello, Lena. Hi! I love you. <laughs> you are precious. You are a precious bean. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> okay. Continue. <laughs> I'm gonna try that again. <laughs> so, Colson and Ward <laughs> are trying to get onto Ian's property without anyone noticing, and Colson is, like, insulting Ward's people skills again. Love it. Keep it going. Keep the Ward bashing coming is what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> um, they come across, like, the back gate, and ugh, it's a force field. Oh, no. Oh, my God. They threw a rock at it, and it destroyed the rock. Oh, no. <laughs> Not the rock. Not Dwayne Johnson. Not the rock, Johnson. <laughs> Wait, though, we literally said the same thing. <laughs> so then 
uh, we go back over to Skye in Ian's office. and Or she's trying to find Ian's office. And she can't quite get in. And then, oh shit, she gets caught by Ian himself. Uh, so, David Conrad uh, is the actor who plays Ian Quinn. And what I learned from looking up the fun facts uh, is that Ian Quinn actually has his own musical theme. Which Whoa. I didn't realize. Um, so, like, for this episode, the composer for the show, Bear McCreary, wrote a theme for Ian Quinn, and he stated that he doesn't use it a lot, but it counts when he does. And so, like, when he catches Sky in the hallway and, like, steps forward menacingly, <laughs> the, like, strings and the woodwinds just kind of sneak in, and they, like, underscore how dangerous he is. Yeah. Which I think that the fact that neither of us noticed that he has a theme... Right. It's a sign of, like, good scoring. Absolutely. Because ideally, like, with a good score, you don't notice it that much, but it makes you feel what it's supposed to make you feel. Right. And I definitely felt, oh, this guy is bad news. Right, absolutely. So, like we said, she gets caught by Ian, uh, but she manages to gain back his trust by letting him know that S.H.I.E.L.D. is listening without alerting her walkie-talkie friends, thus making herself a double agent. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Simmons and May are shocked by how quickly Skye is able to turn things around and get into Ian's office. And Fitz is like, <laughs> she obviously boobed her way in boobily. I mean, duh. <laughs> <laughs> My note on this is literally just, Fitz talking about boobs like a teenager. <laughs> God, he literally he literally cups his hands, <laughs> and I'm like, Fitz, Fitz, honey, have you seen a boob before? <laughs> have you ever seen one? Like out, like outside of a shirt and a bra. Right. Like he'd be like, well, I would assume that Simmons has some. Maybe I guess. Um, I, I might have, I might have noticed occasionally that um Gemma um has the physical feature of breasts <laughs> <laughs> but not that not that I've ever looked at them never not never, that I've never. Ever, I've never I've never noticed them <laughs> of course <laughs> <laughs> but then Sky betrays Shield completely by cutting off communication and she puts her earpiece into her champagne so that she and Ian can talk privately and uh, because of this, she really kind of has him in the palm of her hand. She's like flirting hardcore. And then she pulls out that powder compact that I didn't even notice before. Um, <laughs> and so as it turns out, it's a shield gadget. And it got her back online with the team. And then all of a sudden, that makes Sky a triple agent. <laughs> Whoa, triple threat. Like, sorry, I thought she wasn't supposed to be a good agent because she's funny. But now... She's literally a triple agent. (laughs) So then we cut back over to Coulson. Uh, He's yelling at Fitz to get his tech, like, figured out to get the force field down. And Simmons is standing up for him, like, saying his name repeatedly does not increase productivity. And, like, literally. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Glad someone said it. Um, But then, actually, it does because he, like, fixes the thing and the force field goes away. So I guess it's fine. (laughs) I think that's more Fitz tuning him out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So Coulson tries to rescue Quirrell, I mean, Hall, from the lab. But Hall gives us, like, a classic southern-ish accent. He's like, sorry, Mr. Coulson, 
I'm right where I'm supposed to be. And like, <laughs> where is he from though? Like, I feel like in this episode, I've heard New York, I've heard California, and now this like weird amalgamation of Southern America. <laughs> like, where are you from? <laughs> okay, new headcanon. This is not an English actor faking an American accent. It's just that this character is like a fun, quirky guy who likes to do little accents. You know? Like, he's just in a silly, goofy mood. For real. <laughs> he's like, I'm sorry, Mr. Coulson. I'm right where I'm supposed to be. And Coulson's like, can you be serious, please? <laughs> That's my new headcanon. Dr. Hall is just in a silly, goofy mood. He's just a fun and quirky little man. He's like, I may be a genius, but I'm also really funny. I don't know if you knew. So anyway, so this catches Coulson off guard, too. Although not for the same reason, clearly. Uh, Because Coulson didn't plan for Hall to actually be in on his own kidnapping. And, in fact, Hall was the one who leaked his location. And then... Like, as soon as we learn this, Hall turns on the gravy train machine and Coulson gets yeeted sideways and wakes up on the ceiling. (laughs) Um, So the set for uh, Dr. Hall's lab, which is affected by the Gravitonium, um, it was built on a giant gimbal so it could rotate 360 degrees and all the props and furniture were like secured to the set, like nailed down. That's or cool. Or hot glued or something. <laughs> hot glued. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I love that sort of effect where like the actual physical set like turns. Yeah. I think that that's, that's so cool. cool. I, think, I think the Backstreet Boys or something, maybe NSYNC, uh, used it for like a music video. I- I'm showing my age here. <laughs> well, I think like Billie Eilish used it on SNL one time too. Ah, uh, Backstreet Boys, Billie Eilish, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the trifecta. <laughs> what do they all have in common? A gimbal. They are all <laughs> pop icons. Yes. So, uh, then we cut back to Sky and Ian, and they're talking after the, like, earthquake from the Germatron thing. And, um, <laughs> that earthquake is what lets Ian know that S.H.I.E.L.D. knows where they are. So now he's mad at Sky, and he starts talking more shit about S.H.I.E.L.D. and their agents, and Sky defends them, and in doing so, realizes that she's in love with Ward. Or, well, I noticed that she's in love with Ward. <laughs> so Ian pulls a gun on her, and Sky uses the move that Ward taught her to take the gun away. And then Ian's bodyguard, who <laughs> has, is really not a good bodyguard, um, <laughs> he's like, he's like, kids got balls. To which Sky and I said at the same time, yuck. <laughs> so then Sky jumps out the window. One of my favorite scenes, like in the whole show, is when Quinn is like, do you have what it takes to pull the trigger? And Sky looks serious for a split second and then just goes, nope. Yeah, <laughs> and right. Runs, runs and jumps out the window. It was I awesome. think that was the moment I fell in love with the show. Yeah. But like, I also like that later when she's almost caught, she's genuinely scared. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it took a while for the show to find a good balance between, like, humor and drama. Yeah. But at least as an 18-year-old, it worked for me. I, I didn't have, like, a semblance of a critical eye then. Right. I was like, pretty girl, funny, do action? Yes. <laughs> yes. Like. Uh, so, yeah. So, she jumps out the window. She, like, cannonballs into the pool outside. And immediately there is another earthquake 
earthquake and then gravity stops working and everyone is like flying around and ian sounds like arnold schwarzenegger he's like get to the chopper (laughs) (laughs) Um, so then we cut back to colson trying to talk down hall um and get him to turn off the device and hall says something like oh well quinn likes to feel smart um and like so he's a man like yeah (laughs) we get that um uh and hall also has a a pretty fair point um when he's like shields search for an alternative power source brought an alien invasion so i don't think this is much worse (laughs) and like yeah yeah (laughs) that's fair that's fair even colson agrees right So then we cut back over to Skye. She's, like, being cornered by security when Ward shows up to save the day, and he knocks them all out with some awful punches that he must have learned from Coulson. It was (laughs) terrible. (laughs) He literally just, like, punched straight up into the air, and somebody just, like, jumped away from him. Uh, I laughed for, like, a solid ten minutes. (laughs) So then we cut back over to Colson Hall. I mean, Coral. I mean, Hall. Um, and <laughs> Colson is not doing a good job of convincing Hall to turn off the Galatron machine. And Hall gives like an excellent mic drop line. He's like, We have to live with the choices that we make, but sometimes we have to die with them too. And then he gets taken into the empty like Castiel and Supernatural. <laughs> Colson shot the glass and sent him to super gay hell. Which I really appreciate it because Supernatural is my favorite show. So I love a good crossover. I thought you were going to say, I really appreciate it because super gay hell is awesome. <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably that too. Sounds like a fun time. It does. So then we flash forward to S.H.I.E.L.D. HQ where May is telling her best friend Colson that she was too worried about him and she wants to come out of retirement which I'm so glad because I can't wait to see May in action. <laughs> um, Sky is back on the punching bag because now she knows that she has very little training to do in order to punch better than Ward. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't take much. You don't even have to connect with anyone's face. Exactly. <laughs> so Ward comes over and they start their like their like regular episode heart to heart where Sky is giving him her tragic backstory to like make them even. And as it turns out, she grew up in foster care and had a pretty hard time. She like never stayed in one place for very long and only one of the places that she stayed was an actual house. So then Ward feels bad for her, obviously. And one of the things she says is that she learned that hoping for something and losing it hurts more than never hoping for anything at all, which is very sad and relatable. Um, but also during this whole scene she's like recovering from working out so she's like bringing a water bottle back and forth to her lips and never takes an actual sip of it (laughs) (laughs) to be fair okay so i have tried i i make tiktoks occasionally and i have tried to like make videos where i'm casually also drinking something have you ever tried to film someone taking a sip and then swallowing something because it is not a pretty process it's look i understand why they do that but it makes me laugh every time i see that on tv (laughs) it's one of my favorite things no one looks good drinking something like absolutely no one everyone looks weird (laughs) swallowing something that's true 
Um, anyway, so now it's time for the post-content content, where we see the Graveltron device being locked into a vault per Coulson's request. And then um, an unnamed agent goes back and takes the identification plate off of the door, also per Coulson's request. And then we get a glimpse inside the vault again, and a hand is reaching out of the empty, or the goo, or whatever. And like, ah, Voldemort lives in the <laughs> empty and super gay hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness i as an adult now like watching it back with a critical eye i don't think that this was a particularly strong episode um yeah. that's not to say that it wasn't good i um we were saying before we started recording that it's funny that the second episode was one of the lowest rated because honestly i think that it's a stronger episode than this one yeah absolutely but definitely like the big like the big reveals in this episode were like they they did it for me when i was when i was first watching it like the yeah. the truck being lifted in the air and like thrown all over the place and then mm-hmm. you know sky jumping into the pool and um, the guy being sucked into super gay hell, and then the hand coming out at the end. Me and my dad both. I think we both went like, ah! <laughs> like that's, that's, my, that's my main memory of this episode, was me and my dad sitting on the sofa, and then the hand comes out of the goo, and we're like, ah! <laughs> I can picture it. I can picture it. <laughs> so, um, stray thoughts. What, what have we got? Well, so first off, I want to apologize for bringing up so many other sci-fi series. Um, But as I said, Supernatural is my favorite show of all time. Um, And it's what I thought of so much. And I think it's just because of like the format of this particular episode. Yeah. uh, In in season one, they kind of did like a monster of the week style format. Where, like, every episode is, like, a new thing. Yeah, Supernatural did that, too. Yeah, eventually they kind of stop, and it's more of, like, an overarching story than, uh, like, a new villain every episode. Mm -hmm. One of the reviews that I found uh, from James Hunt at Den of Geek, uh, he felt there's a distinct feeling of treading water. Mm-hmm. And he found the episodic plot to be fairly by the numbers for a show that's supposed to be about the fantastic. So, yeah, yeah it is, like, I get that. very, like, format, very, like, um, there wasn't much to differentiate it from other shows of this type. Yeah, I get that. And I, I was feeling the same thing because another thing that I wrote down was that it feels weird to be like noticing all of the plot devices um, than just focusing on like being within this fictional world, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think, um, I mean, I really don't, I, I'm, I don't think this will spoil anything because I, I know that we've talked about and we've obviously said that, you know, it doesn't always stay with this monster of the week style but agents of shield i feel is like the one show that got better and better the more off the rails it went like the the more bizarre choices they made the better it got (laughs) yeah i also i really liked um that this episode had more like small may moments um and i i would really like for there to be more of those (laughs) May's a great character, and I, I can't wait for you to see um, what she's like fleshed out. Me too. Me too. 
Um, also, I would like to make a guess. I'm going to give uh, Ward and Sky like three more episodes tops before they get it. <laughs> Um, I feel like it's coming. It's coming soon. We'll see. We'll see. Honestly, I don't even remember. (laughs) (laughs) That concludes our episode for season one, episode three, The Asset. Next week, we will be covering season one, episode four, I Spy. Um, If you would like to follow us on social media, our TikTok is at Agents of Nothing Podcast, and our Twitter is at Agents Nothing Pod. You can also go to anchor.fm slash Agents of Nothing and send us a voice message with your thoughts. And if we get enough listeners, you can eventually donate to us, which would be pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, you can also you can also email us at Agents of Nothing Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, tell us what you thought of the episode when you first watched it, or if it's your first time watching the show all the way through. Tell us um, your theories for what you think is going to come up. Um, Please do. Yeah, we would love to read them. And our personal social media, mine, Mariah, my Twitter is at fullswampwitch underscore. My TikTok is at submarinewarfare, and my Instagram is also submarinewarfare. And for me, Caroline, my Twitter is at RustyPage95. My Instagram is at underscore RustyPage. And my TikTok is at CrazyGinger995. All right. We will see you guys in the next one. Well, we won't see you, but you will hear us. We won't see you. Yeah. Okay, bye. Bye. I love you. Bye.